Welcome back, Refuge Podcast. This is your host, John Lanier, going through Season 2, looking at Chapter 4 of the Book of James, spending some time with this guy. James is pulling no punches. He is a man of conviction, and he brings us to a place where we have to examine our life as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ to make sure that we are truly in the faith and that we are surrendering our lives fully and completely to the work of the Holy Spirit. If you would join me in chapter 4, verse 1, James says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain that the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Do not speak evil of another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's one lawgiver who's able to save and destroy. Who are you to judge another? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year here or there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. What we've been looking at with James. James is explaining throughout this this little letter that he wrote what it looks like when a person is converted, born again, by the gospel. Their life being changed from the inside out. Their heart and their mind coming into submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, being forgiven of sin, and living in a whole new way. And what he combats against is a life that's lived from the outside, trying to do something on the inside. Many people live according to a religious set of rules, thinking that they can justify themselves before God by saying, I do good, I am good. And that's many people have that argument. I've heard that argument myself from people that I share the gospel with. 
And, and what James is, is going to argue with that lifestyle is that nobody's good. He even says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So there's many people who won't even do the things that God has asked. And because of that, they're living in sin. And they know that they know the right thing to do, but they won't do it. And so James is touching on this over and over again. And what we look at in this chapter four, the devotional thought that I'm going to pull out, is James describes what it looks like to live a life of pride and a life of humility. And often those two are in opposition to each other. I want you to notice where I pull that from in chapter four, verse six. He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about that idea of pride because I believe pride, sin is the root of pride. Or pride is the root of sin. Either way, you look at it. Either way, you slice it. What we have to really understand is that pride is so insidious and we all struggle with it it is a human problem pride and arrogance and narcissism and um, self-centeredness whatever you want to call it whatever the word you want to use that is the problem and james very poignantly tells us here that god is in resistance that is he is in opposition to pride but he gives opportunity and grace to the humble. And that's something that we all need to step back and say, okay, if God is against pride, and the Bible even talks about how pride comes just before a fall. Pride always leads to a fall. That none of us get away with pride. But we all need to look at that and say, okay, if pride is an issue that God is fighting against, then I need to make sure that I'm not walking in pride and living out the implications of pride, but that I'm humbling myself. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble. James even says here, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. That word humble is, is an interesting thing. Uh, Jesus, one of the rare times that he describes himself he, he describes himself as gentle and humble, or meek, as somebody had pointed out to me the other day. Meek is it's a very similar word to humble. And what he's saying is, is that the task is not beyond him, that he's not above it. And, and, and what's interesting, and, and I, I think that I, I one of the things I think back to all the time is in the book of John where... Jesus is getting ready to leave his disciples and go to the cross and he's preparing them and in that preparation he he grabs a basin of water gets a rag girds himself and starts washing the disciples feet and while he was washing the disciples feet of course Peter was like hey Lord you can't do that and you know, you're, you're above that. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. If you want part with me, you have to let me wash you. 
and, and not only was the washing significant, speaking of the, the washing that Jesus does in our life to cleanse us, but the significance there also is that Jesus was a servant. He was humble. He was humble to the point of death, even death of the cross. He came to serve, to give his life as a ransom. And so if that's the Jesus that we have surrendered our life to, he calls us to be humble people, to follow in this example. Humility is not somebody who's just kind of sheepish and passive and impish. No, a humble person is strong, bold, but yet yields to the Lord and is willing to take the things that come to them in life and submit themselves and continue to surrender themselves to the Lordship of Christ. As Jesus even said, he said, I do the, th the things that please the Father. I, I came to serve and live out the plans of the Father. And, and, and those are ways in which we can, those are things into the life of Jesus that we can pray for our own life. Lord, help me to be that way. But pride Pride is what uh, James would say wars and causes fights and causes jealousy, ugly jealousy and rage and anger. It, it even affects the prayer life. It talks about where James says that you, you don't ask because you ask amiss you, so you can spend it on yourself, your selfishness. Really, pride is idolatry because it idolizes ourselves above God it says my way is better that my freedoms are more important than what God has for me my freedoms trump everybody else's freedoms and oh man we live in a day and age when that is just becoming so evident as I live in America and Americans are all about our entitlement and our freedoms and and I think all the things that we have are important because we have freedom of speech and religion and these things. But what it's caused is it's caused an arrogance and a pride in people that think that our ideas and our ways are above the ways of God and that our motives and our ways of doing life are better than what God has. And the biblical life, the life of Jesus, the life God has for his people looks like this submission, as James says, resisting the evil, the devil, drawing near to God, cleansing our hands, purifying our hearts to not live and think like the world. He says, it talks about lamenting, mourning, weeping. I was just telling my wife that the other day as I was thinking about all the people losing their lives over this COVID-19. And some of the, the conversations and the comments that I'm hearing all over the place about, well, you know, people lose their lives with the flu too, and we have abortions, and you know, all kinds of people are losing their lives this way and that way. And so does it really matter? And how flippantly people are talking about something that's so tragic and is taking thousands upon thousands of lives. And the racism that has caused so much 
turmoil in the United States and claimed the lives of innocent people because of the color of someone's skin and how flippantly people talk about it. The church should be a place where we lament, we mourn, we weep. That we humble ourselves in the sight of God and say, God, forgive us. Lord, help us to know how to deal with this. That seeks the wisdom of God in these circumstances and repents of the evils of racism. It repents of the evils of looking at a human life that's dying from COVID-19 without their family in the room and say, God, be with them. God, be with the, the, the emergency workers. And in the, in the abortion issue, I, I brought that up just a minute ago, but it's tragic and we should mourn and weep for innocent children that are being killed in our country and all over the world. And as the church, humility also looks like yearning for the presence of God and, and crying out to God for a move of the Holy Spirit, for revival in the lives of people that we might see a fresh work of the Spirit in the lives of the church in the lives of unbelievers to come to Christ. There'd be an outpouring in our, in our nation and around the world. That's what humility looks like. Then the other, the other two things that I'll close with here, looking at this idea of judgment. And of course, that's a, uh, something, I think it was a line in NF song about uh, churches where I found God, but it's also where I learned to judge. And man, that is the truth. I was brought up in church. I, I've been attending church my whole life. And probably some of the most judgmental, angry people I've met have been in the walls of the church. And I'm not saying that they're necessarily believers. I don't know that. I don't know their heart. But it's evident that they don't understand the gospel for to speak evil of somebody and to judge somebody and not leave that judgment to God. That the Bible says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. That, that we leave that in God's hands. And that, yes, we can inspect fruit and judge on the basis of, okay, what's happening around me and make wise judgments. But not judge in a way that condemns somebody and speaks ill of somebody. That our hearts would be open to people that we would see that mercy, like James says, triumphs over judgment. And that the gospel of Jesus, that the cross of Christ has made a way that Jesus took the judgment upon himself for our sin. And we preach that good news to people and not be a people that tear down and destroy. And then the last thing, of course, as James so eloquently put it here. A lot of people will say, hey, this is what I want to do with my life. And they come up with a huge plan. And James would remind us, hey, what is your life? It's a vapor. Don't forget that you're only here for a small amount of time and it's going to vanish away. And you don't know your expiration date. Only God does. And that you should live every day with this idea that the Lord is in control. As the Lord wills, that's where I go. 
and I'm going to seek him for the plans that I have. And if my plans do not mesh up and don't line up with what God has, then his plans always trump my plans and that I'm going to live every day with the open doors that God has put before me. And we live with an understanding of that brevity of life, that this physical life could be gone in a moment like that. And so we live with that urgency that I talked about in the beginning, that we live with the sense that God is for me, he's not against me, and that I live as a humble follower of Jesus, not an arrogant, prideful, religious person that doesn't truly understand what the Lord is doing in my life. God bless.